0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Our St. Sideline reporter Jeff Nowak joins us now on
1: the live line. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I'm good, Dave. How are you? I, You know, it's funny. In New Orleans, I don't think we need the holiday because everyone's off for four days anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I actually but, like that. I think they should play it on a Saturday. They have a week and a half off anyway, right? Yeah, why not? And it
0: doesn't always coincide with Lundi Gras and Mardi Gras, so right, right. in fact, thank goodness next year it does not. Uh, Mardi Gras is not until March next year, but we have the Super Bowl on February 9th right
1: here in New Orleans. Yeah, we do. Hey, you know, I, I'm excited for that. I, I, I've been waiting for, you know, these, these renovations have been going on for so long at the Superdome that you've kind of lost perspective on the fact that You know, we're going to walk into that building next year and it's going to be done and it's going to look like a palace. Uh, And, you know, it's going to be very cool to kind of walk around that building and see all the changes. You've already kind of seen them in process, like you've seen them on one side of the building and then the other side is under construction. That building is going to look really, really nice when it's all done. So that's what I'm excited about next year for sure. It really is amazing how the Superdome
0: has been able to. Over and over again, recreate, remodel and keep up with the other modern stadiums in the National Football League. Most of the Super Bowls now are awarded to cities that build new stadiums. Well, they've been able to keep the Superdome new by remodeling it multiple times and the latest now going to be done for next season. So that is exciting uh, because people do have a love affair with the Superdome here in New Orleans.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you look at you look at you know Atlanta. They got a Super Bowl after they knocked down the Georgia Dome and built Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And yeah, we we I, there's no way you would never even consider knocking down the Superdome. It's not even even worth talking about. So you do have to figure out a way. And you know, I, I give them a lot of credit. That has not been an easy process trying to navigate multiple football seasons as they are gutting parts of that stadium and figuring out how to get people in and out. I know it's been a challenge, but they've stayed on schedule, which is kind of remarkable considering it all went through COVID and everything. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the last time there was
0: any serious discussion of building a new stadium, uh, I know that the Saints had proposed it at one point, and then Governor Kathleen Blanco wanted to build a riverfront stadium, but yep. neither of those conversations ever went very far because people love the Superdome. So, yeah, and they've been able, right? Yeah, they've been and they've been able to modernize it repeatedly and keep the NFL happy and keep bringing Super Bowls here. Speaking of the Super Bowl, did you enjoy the game last night?
1: I did. You know, it, it was nice that it was low scoring, obviously. There was some really interesting subplots. You know, obviously Kyle Shanahan, he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons <laughs> in the 28-3 to three. To three game. And I always like <laughs> giving Falcons fans a hard time. And so the really amazing thing that happened in that game is you saw that muffed punt by the 49ers. So it was the third time that Kyle Shanahan team has blown a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl. He did it in 2019 against the Chiefs too. And in that game, they muffed a punt. The player who muffed it was number 28 and the player who didn't fall on it was number three. So (laughs) if you are a believer in, you know, whatever, whatever black magic it takes to to continue to curse Kyle Shanahan with those numbers, like it's like a Jim Uh, Carrey movie that it feels like, Uh, you know, it's there, but no, it was a really fun game. Pat Mahomes is just, you know, he's the type of guy that you, you give him a chance at the end of the game, and you're just like, no, nah, we're done. We don't have. It's not happening. The second the 49ers kicked a field goal in overtime uh, to give them a chance. is like, yep, this is uh, this is how it's going to end, and, and that's what happened. And, you know, it, it, he, he's got this legacy building. It's crazy that we went straight from the Tom Brady era of every year he's winning Super Bowls to now we're straight to the Pat Mahomes era. The dude has never even – he has never finished a season shy of the AFC championship game. And the only one he lost was to Joe Burrow at home. Uh, you know, so it's just, yeah, we're, we're also in that kind of early, like we're where the Seahawks were when they drafted Russell Wilson and they had him on a, on a rookie contract. The 49ers are there right now with Brock Purdy. And there's that window that you can win in when you have the quarterback you're paying in Q-tips and pocket lint and you can build a roster around him. But you got to win, you know, and, and the, the 49ers just missed Two years in a row, they feel like they could have won. And, you know, this like the whole Dan Campbell thing where it's like it just gets harder and harder every year to get back. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's there's a lot of dissatisfaction going on in 49ers land right now.
0: Yeah, it really is amazing when you look at Pat Mahomes' record, the fact that every single year since he's been a starting quarterback, he at least – Gets to the AFC Championship, if not the Super Bowl, and wins it. So it's like, wow. Yeah. Uh, he, he may not be the goat right now, but man, if he continues like this, there's no doubt he could be.
1: Oh, no question. I mean, he's he he is a, earlier in this pace than Tom Brady was when he kind of got to this point where it was Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. It's the first time since Tom Brady and the Patriots back in 0-3-0-4 that a team has won back to back. Super Bowls which is kind of amazing on its own and and yeah I mean and the amazing thing about the Chiefs is they just keep doing it with different players I would argue that this was the worst Chiefs team that they've had since he's been the starting quarterback and they went and won a Super Bowl you know you had Tyreek Hill you he was doing all those crazy things you ship him out everyone's like oh that's the that's gonna be it that's the death knell for the Chiefs nope you know he's had he's played through high ankle sprains I know he had a knee injury one season came back it's it's remarkable what he's been able to do, uh, and uh, you know, it just, it's just—it's—it's one of those things that you look at it and you're just like, you're just fortunate to be able to watch it, right? Like this is—it's amazing, and you only see, you know, it's one guy it seems like in the NFL at any given time can be that—that that dominant, and—and uh, and it's him right now. Yeah,
0: been to the Super Bowl four times, won it three times, and uh, the only other losses he has in the postseason are in two AFC championships. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, We really are watching one of the greatest ever, at least to this point in his career. And uh, frightening because he's a young man and there's a whole lot of football left in him if he wants that to continue. So, uh, you know, I I, I kind of felt like the beginning of the game, both teams were like an engine that wouldn't get started. It was like you're trying to crank it it and you just couldn't get it to turn over. I was kind of disappointed in the first half. But man, the second half and the overtime sure delivered.
1: Yeah, well, it was the fumbles, right? It was the, it was the mistakes that, that really stood out. Christian McCaffrey fumbled on the opening possession. I think it was Isaiah Pacheco who fumbled after the Chiefs got down into, into the red zone there. And, and, and that's where I think at the end of the day, that's where the 49ers really needed to put their foot on you know, the Chiefs' neck and not let them up. And they weren't able to do that, right? They got up 10 nothing, and then they just weren't ever to really able to build on that. I think it was 10-3 at halftime and the Chiefs got the ball coming out of halftime, and yeah, I mean, you, you really needed to build a bigger lead, and, and even then, I don't know if it would have been safe, but yeah, it's, it's like, if you get into, an, into the fourth quarter, and you're giving that, you're giving the Chiefs a chance to get the ball with a chance to go win the game, uh, it's, <laughs> you're asking for, you're asking for trouble, but you know, and we're now at the point where every other team is like, okay, it's, it's a new season, how do we get there, and you know, the easy the easy recipe is to say, well, we need a Pat Mahomes. Well, there's only one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they don't make those. <laughs> you just go buy one off the shelf. Well, right, and I've seen some people saying, like, well, every other team in the NFL needs to tank and rebuild until they find one of these legendary guys. And I would say, how did the Chiefs get Pat Mahomes? They didn't rebuild. They had Alex Smith, and they drafted him at, at number 10 overall, I think. And then they, they went that way. The, the Patriots didn't rebuild and find Tom Brady. The 49ers didn't rebuild and find Brock Purdy it's just you got to be able to have a roster that can win and then add a quarterback and develop a quarterback and that's the key in my opinion is a lot of these teams think we're going to go up to the top of the draft we're going to draft a quarterback and he's going to be our savior and then you look at the teams that win every year and it's like what did they do oh they drafted the quarterback and developed that guy and then he showed up and played well uh and that's to me that's the biggest difference i look at the team like the packers they didn't start jordan love right away and even aaron Rodgers, right like how did you get those guys you didn't think yeah, There are very you few got exceptions the guy and developed him, and i think yeah. that's what teams need to do but everyone wants
0: that shortcut you talked about joe burrow he's an exception to that rule but uh oh, for sure yeah yeah, yeah but there, there are very few exceptions usually it is not a guy comes right out of the college game and suddenly is winning super bowls in the nfl
1: yeah, and if you want to say, hey, we'll, we'll have the number one pick and draft the best quarterback, sure, that's an interesting strategy, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot harder to do than you, than you think, especially if you're trying to keep your job. Yeah, and you
0: know, looking at the odds, of course, right after the Super Bowl was over, Vegas posted the odds for next year's Super Bowl, so you can go bet right now on who's going to win the Super Bowl <laughs> in New Orleans on February 9th, 2025. And there's only one team that has worse odds than the Saints, and that's the Carolina Panthers.
1: Hmm. Great.
0: I mean, the Saints are in a pack of teams that uh, are kind of bunched up there at the bottom with the worst odds uh, to win next year's Super Bowl. But it is time to start thinking about that, looking at that, uh, talking about what the Saints need to do this offseason and in the draft and through free agency to get to a point where where they can compete. And the good news is they're still in the NFC South, which is going to always offer an opportunity with no dominant teams right now to get to the playoffs.
1: Yeah. That's the only reason I would disagree with those odds to some extent is because every team in the NFC South has a very easy path to the postseason if they can get their stuff together and win 10 games, right? Like if you won nine games this year, you had a chance to win the NFC South. And anytime you don't have a dominant team in your division, your chance of being the Giants, right of being a team that gets hot at the right time, heck, I think the Saints got hot at the right time this year. They just didn't get in. I think if they get in the postseason, they beat the Eagles, they have a chance to go do something in Detroit against a team they've played and feel like they understand pretty well. Um, and so like that's that's kind of how it works, right? Like this is one of the rare years that you didn't see a team get hot and make a run the way that that a lot of these a lot of these Super Bowls can get get going, right? Um, but, no, I, I think the Saints, you know, they're in an interesting situation. They're, they're rebuilding their offense. The, the, I expect to see the news that Clint Kubiak has been officially hired, if not today, then at some point this week, right, uh, because he was the pass game specialist for the 49ers, so you weren't able to finalize that deal until after the Super Bowl since he was still coaching in it. Um, but that's going to be the big question for the Saints, is can you install a new offense and can it work for Derek Carr and can these playmakers – Keep progressing to Chris Olave, Kendra Miller, Rashid Shaheed, A.T. Perry, guys like that. Can you can you find the right pieces? Can Trevor Penning find a way on the offensive line? And if you get enough of those answers, and you can be a consistent competitive team from week one, the way you weren't able to be this year, uh, then you got a shot. You know, then and, and and you can have that kind of added incentive of being like, hey, if we get there, if we get to stay home. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how some of these moves uh, work out, particularly on the offensive coaching stuff.
0: Interestingly, Wikipedia already lists Clint Kubiak as the offensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can post anything to Wikipedia, but it's already there. So, when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Kubiak and what he'll have to do to get this offense to a point where they can compete for postseason play, where they can hope to get to or maybe win the Super Bowl right here in New Orleans and is the defense going to be as good next year we'll talk more about the Saints offensive and defensive changes that may be coming and what the Saints might want to do in the draft and free agency when we get back with Jeff Nowak our WWL Saints sideline reporter you can join the conversation at 504-260-1870 you got any questions for Jeff any observations you want to share with us Text us or call us, 504-260-1870. The Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line on this Lundy Gras 2024. 10:28 In for Newell Norman on this lundi 2024. Hope you're getting a chance to enjoy yourself on this fantastic day before Fat Tuesday. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Man, the second half and overtime to me were just great. Enjoyed that. The halftime show, uh, enjoyed the end of it, and we'll talk a little bit about the commercials coming up as well. Jeff Nowak, our WWL Saint Sideline reporter, is with us this morning here on the Newell Norman Show, and we were talking a little bit about Clint Kubiak, who we expect you said today or tomorrow to be announced as the saints offensive coordinator now that he's done with the san francisco 49ers
1: yeah it's tough because they don't have to do anything at any on any particular timeline they might want to wait until after fat tuesday considering uh i don't know it's kind of a busy time so <laughs> it's, might get it's lost really, there's in no the rush it's, the, the deal is basically done and you're kind of just figuring it out but either way the the next step is going to be okay you got seven more staff positions to fill on the offense right we already have heard names. Andrew Janoco has been reported as going to be the quarterback's coach. John Benton, it sounds like, is going to be the offensive line coach. Then you got to find a running back's coach, a wide receiver's coach, uh, some offensive assistants up and down the line. The DJ Williams is the quarterback's coach over in Atlanta now. Kevin Carberry, who's his assistant offensive line coach, is now going to be the offensive line coach with the Bucks. So building that staff is the first step. And then you got to get to, okay, what's this offense going to look like? Now the question I have is, So obviously the Kyle Shanahan scheme is, is the, is the hot name, the hot thing, you know, and for good reason, it works. It's very effective. It's creative. You see a lot of interesting motions. You see a lot of misdirection. Uh, And and so how much of his offense is going to be that versus how much of the influence is going to come from his days with the Vikings, where they didn't do quite as much of that, but he worked with Kirk cousins who's very similar to Derek Carr. Andrew Janoco was the quarterback's coach for that team in 2021 so that's going to be my question: is how much of the influence is going to be 49ers with all that orbit motion and, and all that stuff, and then uh, how much of it is going to be okay? What did the 40, what did the Vikings do with Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins that year? So those are those are the big questions, and, th- and then you got to see, okay, how does this work for Derek Carr? How does this work for guys like Taysom Hill, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara? Um, but you know, and if those, and if all that works out, I like I like how this team is built. And I
0: wonder if Kubiak also, you know, what is he how much influence does he have now going into the draft saying, okay, here's what I need. Can we draft these positions or at least aim to get some help in these areas through the draft? And does he want to draft a quarterback to start developing for when Derek Carr is not the starting quarterback for the Saints?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. I I mean, I think Jake Hayner is a question, right, because he's there. They've been developing him for a year now. Do you, you know, I don't think they're going to go quarterback early. I really don't. I don't think they're in position to do that. Um, you know, if they could get one of these top three guys, whether it be Drake, May, Caleb, Williams, Daniels, that's one thing. I don't think they're going to go Bo Nix, Michael Penix at 14, maybe 45. But that's a good question. And, yeah, I think the offensive line or the offensive coordinator has to have some influence and not so much positions, not so much like, oh, we really need, uh, you know, a left tackle or whatever. Like I don't think that's how it works. But you do there's, – there's prototypes that fit certain offensive schemes. And I think the offensive coordinator needs to come in and figure out, okay, do we need a different type of player at certain areas? Do we need to find a blocking wide receiver, right? Like a guy like Juwan Jennings is intriguing. Oh, who had a big game for the 49ers yesterday. He's a free agent. Do you look at players like that and bring a guy like that in versus going into the draft? But I don't. it's not so much – hey, we, we you know I'm the offensive coordinator now. We need to go draft a running back. We need to go draft this. Um, that said, he could say, hey, I really like this guy. I really like this guy. And that could inform some of your positional rankings, some of your big board rankings as you go into to draft season.
0: You brought up running back, and that does seem to be a big question mark for the Saints next year is, after Alvin Kamara, what do they do at running back?
1: You know, I, I like Kendra Miller. I think Kendra frustrating because he got the ankle injury, but You look at some of the games he played in and and he flashed several times. You know, the saints, they had two running back plays of 30 plus yards this past season Two, whether it's a catch, whether it's a run, they had two of them. He had both, right. You go to week 18. He got into that game. He was playing a little dinged up, but he played through it, that ankle injury. And I think he had the best running back game of any player this season. That includes Alvin Kamara on the saints. So I think you do feel encouraged by that. And the question is how, more so, like, I think you have the bodies in the building, and I, I'm curious what they do with Jamal and how they work that role in. He obviously didn't have a great year. He he had dealt with an injury, that hamstring injury early on. And I think that affected him. Um, but, you know, it's, it's more so how do you adjust your scheme? You're going to be running more wide zone, I imagine. You're not going to be banging his head into the line. I think you're going to operate similarly to how you did with Christian McCaffrey in, in, in San Francisco, right? Like, they have a very similar skill set. And so, you know, Christian McCaffrey led the NFL in rushing this year. You know, he he was number one in rushing before contact. And I'm sure Alvin's sitting there like, man, I wish you could do that for me. Because that was my biggest issue is you weren't able to get Alvin in space. Alvin was constantly just trying to break tackles in the backfield. And and a lot of that is, you know, blocking is effective blocking. But a lot of it is also scheme. And, And that's where, you know, if you're the Saints, that's why you're changing things up. Because I think getting the run game going is just something you were unable to do at all this season and whether it's you know whether you add another piece or will you change up that rotation some way the scheme has to has to work for those backs the way it didn't this year
0: the saints pick number 14th in the draft thursday april 25th 2024 You'll hear that live when it happens here on WWL. Before then, we expect to hear that announcement of the new offensive coordinator, see that offensive staff come together. And uh, you sound a little excited about next season for the Saints, even though the odds makers aren't so much.
1: I'm excited about football. I love football, right? (laughs) You know what? I'm always going to be excited about next year. I'm the the eternal optimist. That's how I operate. And I know it annoys some people on Twitter that I'm not constantly doom and gloom. But, you know, I I think that this team isn't as far off as people would make it out to be. The question is Derek Carr and what is the ceiling with Derek Carr? You know, and and I think what you saw at the end of the season when he was healthy and you were able to protect him, I think you can win with that player. If you can get that player for an an entire season, I think you can win with that player. Um, You know, but it's never quite as simple as that. The Saints always have major salary cap questions they have to navigate i did post on WWL.com like a kind of a roadmap to how they can get clear that 83 million without any cuts i think it was 12 or 13 restructures and you were able to avoid restructuring oh is that all uh, ryan ramchick <laughs> alvin camara guys who are aging and you don't really want to mess with those deals um but now I, i'm always going to be optimistic i'm always going to look for the silver lining even though it's you know maybe not the popular take at times. Jeff
0: Nowak, WWL sports reporter, WWL Saints sideline reporter. Thank you so much. Another NFL season in the books and that means the next one is officially underway and we're looking forward to that not only because it gives the Saints a fresh start but also because the Super Bowl is right here February 9th, 2025 in New Orleans. Several people texting us that they want to see the O-line beefed up to give Derek Carr more protection so he can do his thing and that offense uh, can operate on all cylinders. We'll look forward to continuing the conversations, Jeff. Thank you so much. Have a great Lundi Gras and a fantastic Mardi Gras, and we'll be listening for you here on WWL. For sure, Dave. Thanks for having me. You can read all of his stuff at WWL.com as well. He's Jeff Nowak. I'm Dave Cohen. Your texts, your thoughts on the Oakland Art Jewelers Talk and Text Line coming up at 504-260-1870. We talked a little bit about the Super Bowl, the game itself with Jeff. We're going to talk about that halftime show. What did you think about it? Teapot from our sister station, B97, joins us to share her thoughts after this. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.